Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies, and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Elizabeth Page Sheffley. She is a creative living coach, writer, and Reiki practitioner. Through her ongoing recovery with chronic physical and mental conditions and concurrent creative recovery, Elizabeth continues to discover the depth of healing we are each capable of and tapping into. Elizabeth, welcome to the space. Is this thing on? <laughs> hello, hello, it is. Hello, Hollis. Thank you so much. Oh, I am so excited that you were here because I was rereading your chapter from Invisible No More and just reading it again. I was like, this woman is so freaking powerful. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. It's um, really that that's what it's about for me. Like the, my uh, my fear, fear monsters just got a hold of me. And I noticed my shoulders went up to my ears and um, my body was like, oh, this is scary. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think that part of creativity and this whole physical, mental, even spiritual recovery that I've been on is about listening to those cues mm -hmm. and really the questioning that comes next. Like, is this scary body or are we actually in danger here? And mm -hmm. it is the kind of scary to lean into rather than run away from. And I'm really grateful to have this space to talk about all of these fun things that I've learned along the way and that I'm still figuring out with you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. Uh, this is going to be a great conversation and I want to welcome those that are here with us live. Thank you so much for being here. You can put any questions or comments into the chat box below where we can see them. So we're going to start off with our would you rather and then we'll dive into the conversation. Are you ready, Miss Elizabeth? Oh, yeah, I'm dancing now because I completely <laughs> forgot about that part. <laughs> yes, movement is good. Kinesthetic movement is good. <laughs> okay, so would you rather go back in time to meet your ancestors or into the future to meet your great-grandchildren? Oh, man, woman. Okay, um, <laughs> this is... You have no idea how perfect this question is for me I knew today. it was. I knew Thank it was. You. Thank yeah. you. And I, I actually, I thought that would be harder. But now that I'm here and I'm in it, it is, I would go back in time and meet my ancestors. I knew you were going to say that. Absolutely. I, I think knew. they have important information for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hmm. It's so interesting. When I pick these, it's an intuitive hit. So it's just kind of like, and as soon as I saw that one, I was like, ing, 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 <laughs> like <laughs> that. 
So you feel like going back, like they'd be able to tell you more because you're a storyteller, that they'd be able to fill in some gaps to share more with you? I definitely think that um, one of my roles, my life purpose, callings, what have you, is directly related to my ancestry and my family line and healing and all the stories we are conditioned to know and feel and the tension that it creates with what we might actually feel Mm -hmm. in our truth at our core and i feel like that going back in time and having some conversations with those ancestors could give me a little bit of medicine to ease the tension um, so that some of what I feel at my core, some of that truth that I'm uncovering and excavating and digging into on my own um, is validated and affirmed in, in their stories and even just their words of wisdom that they might have to share. So beautiful. Okay. So good segue into, we're going to get to know you more, but I'm going to ask the question, which I ask everybody, which is how do you define creativity? There are so many ways. And as a writer and storyteller, I like to work in metaphor so I was like, okay, which one? <laughs> the world is your oyster, Elizabeth. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I really, I'd like to take you guys into the kitchen because I believe that creativity is our unique special sauce that we each bring to a recipe. We can each be given the exact same recipe and the exact same ingredients with the same tools and told to follow a certain process. And somewhere along the way, we will deviate. Whether it is something that we measured slightly differently or that we didn't even take time to measure because it didn't feel right, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And our special sauce is what we add to those external pieces that allows us to whip up something special that only we could make. Oh my God, everybody. Do you hear the descriptive words she is using? The way that you just described that, I literally just got chills. Because it's it's just beautiful though. It's so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. It's important important stuff that that we just get to know that what we're doing here is important. Like those those things that we bring and it's feelings and it's impulse and it's plans and processing and it's all of it. All of it exists all at once in, in something that is just uniquely ours, that there is no expert in the room who can overrule Mm -hmm. there is no procedure or stand you know standard operating procedure that can say you did this wrong and i think once we give ourselves permission which i love talking to you today because that's such a big part of you know what i've experienced in your community and through invisible no more is that act of giving yourself permission to bring your special sauce it really opens up a chemistry an actual science that does not happen if you are resisting oh my gosh those words permission resistance those are kind of like the opposite the contrast of each other and that's exactly what happens and then in bringing up the word emotions or the concept of emotions, it's, this is all kind of like a, a we, a, a web 
right? Like mm-hmm. if we don't give ourselves permission, then we don't feel the emotions and it creates a lot of dis-ease. It creates a lot of disconnection. It creates a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, that doesn't feel good. Um, so it really is so much about permission and, uh, oh my God, tell people more about your story, please, wherever you want to start, um, hear about your journey. Yeah. I think you just like made the, you just built the bridge. So I'm just going to go right into there. When we don't allow ourselves to feel things, it creates a lot of disease and dis-ease and disconnection. And a lot of my story really has been repairing and unpacking those feelings. The, the Even what I was talking about before with this tension between like everything that is my insides are telling me and what the ex- external, the outside is telling me, right? Um, and obviously, <laughs> um, I don't know, I think it's a pretty universal story that we're given that um, the whole room can't be wrong, right? If everybody else in the room is wrong, then you need to do some internal reflection because it's probably you, not everyone else. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> it, it's been really difficult because I have tended to take things very personally with um, having that story. Everyone else can't be wrong, so I must be wrong. Mm. And it took it took a lot of years to know that feelings come and go, and having them, it just is. They're not good. They're not bad. They're not right. They're not wrong. They just are. And the sooner I can release an attachment to them, um, the sooner I can I can get to whatever is on the other side of the bridge that that feeling is actually creating for me. So, like you said, it's this this web, and when we refuse to acknowledge even that emotional impulse or fleeting, one of the things I think is so important about our creativity is that every moment is new, and we are new in every moment, and our secret sauce is actually how we adapt and evolve accordingly. And so slowing down and learning to listen and giving ourselves permission to feel without judgment and even knowing judgment's going to creep in and that's okay too and bringing ourselves back to neutral, back to Mm. the breath, you know, you using things like meditation and breathing (laughs) like just what is my breath actually telling me here it's telling me to slow down Mm -hmm. maybe just pause and just breathe that -hmm. it's okay to feel nervous it's okay to feel scary and or for this to feel scary and I'm still breathing and I'm here and I'm still me and I still know what I know and don't know what I don't know. And I think even giving ourselves permission to admit that we don't always know that we're just figuring things out. Yeah. Huh. So I really all of that has been my journey, <laughs> the figuring it out. The figuring it out. 
and the it's okay it's okay again i think we're going to be talking a lot about emotions in the space everybody or having it as a reference point um that it's okay to feel what you feel it's not this there's i don't know i don't know we get this i get this feeling that there's this um, picture painted of if you're not feeling happy if you're not feeling excited if you're not feeling then there's a problem basically and within these moments that you had mentioned there's a variety of ways that we can feel we can feel neutral we can feel it's when you go to abraham hicks and the whole scale of them you know scale of emotions um and kind of climbing the emotions of course you don't want to live in those bottom emotions of um you know, of fear and scarcity and um, all of the negative spaces, you want to climb up the ladder. But I just think, like you'd said, it's important to acknowledge, breathe into it, and then move on and not ignore. Yeah, you know, I you said we can feel neutral, which I know I had mentioned the word neutral as well. And when you said that, I realized that one of my main resourcing tools especially if like my body's in pain or you know i'm overwhelmed is to find that neutral spot because mm -hmm. once i hit that neutral spot then i can actually get my wits about me <laughs> you know mm -hmm. to figure out that next right thing whether it is to sit in stillness and quiet and breathe or if it is to take a warm bath or if it's to lean into an essential oil that would support my needs in some way but when i'm in the crux of the feeling and feeling the intensity of it it really feels impossible to know what i need and even I have an amazing support system. And even when they're like, what do you need? I'm like, I don't even know. I need somebody to tell me what I need because right now I have nothing. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> totally understand. Is, it's like, not yeah. even that I have nothing. It's that I have too much and I just need, I need that neutral space so that I can, I can ask my body what I need or reach for the pen and let let it all out onto the page because that shifts the proximity to the conflict or yes. resistance or even the pain yes 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 so tell us um a little bit more if you could about um again when i was looking through your chapter and pulling some things out you said something which it just caught my attention. I love the wording of it. You were collecting diagnoses like frequent shopper um, cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, have you ever been at the grocery store and you're trying to find which one you're, which one you're yes. supposed to use at this checkout? Yes. That's kind of like, I'll go to the rheumatologist and I'll be like, oh, wait, which, which one is this? What are we supposed to be talking about? What are we talking about? <laughs> and that, that we come right back, call us to that web. Nothing is separate um nothing is actually disconnected it is all connected and i have been in and out of mental and behavioral health treatment since i was 15 years old and mostly in <laughs> when i say out i mean um you know I, there's been episodes where the mental um chemical imbalance has gotten the best of me and i'm like i don't even need that anymore and then i get to go right back once i get my wits about me again right um mm -hmm. and i started having pain when i was very young that i could not um could not explain even i didn't have any outward symptoms of any inflammation like there was no swelling or redness or anything of my joints but it always hurt to do things like write 
um, and it hurt to use a hammer and it hurt to play with clay and do beading. And these were all things that I love to do. Um, so I learned pretty early that if I'm going to do the things that I want to do that bring me joy, there's going to be pain. Mm. And so either I can let the pain determine the choice <laughs> um, or I can be in relationship with that. And some decades of my life, I have fared more uh balanced than others as far as listening and taking care of myself. Um, and when I was only 19, uh, I gave birth to my first child. And then my mom was diagnosed with lung cancer. And I lost her the next year, right after my daughter's first birthday. Wow. And there has been a lot of grief along the way. And there's also been so much love and joy. And my mother was an incredible person. And there are so many people who remember her as someone who loved and served dearly and deeply and honestly in every way and again coming back to this kitchen metaphor i was recently thinking about how people remember her and anybody who ever had roxanne pages cooking will tell you she was known for her buttermilk biscuits and she didn't follow a recipe she did mm. learn from my grandmother and actually on my dad's side of the family she learned from his mom um how to make a mean buttermilk biscuit and she would always say it's in the wrist that it was in the kneading of the dough and knowing when to stop kneading wow. the dough and um try as i may and i have tried I cannot master that art because I believe that it was not necessarily in the wrist um, or in the, the right moment of meeting the dog, but it was in the love and the listening and the relationship she had to the dog. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> it's like the movie, it's making me think it's um, like water for chocolate. Have you yeah. seen that? I have not. It's I everything that down. <laughs> yeah, like water for chocolate. If anybody who is listening has seen it, um, let me know in the in the chat box. Basically, it's she every emotion that she's feeling as she's cooking. Um, when she feeds people, they are feeling it, and everybody is. Everybody's either crying or incredibly in love or whatever she's feeling <laughs> is everything in the food and. Um, Rose Shepley is saying Roxanne's buttermilk biscuits are the standard. Oh yeah, that is my best friend. Hey, dog. <laughs> <laughs> she also grew up on my mama's buttermilk biscuits. <laughs> wow, so beautiful. Yeah. So, so much to talk about. So, tell me about. Um, tell us about with these titles, there are so many titles that we carry, but in specifically what I read about you, creative living coach, Riker, Riker, I, can, Riker. I combined Reiki and writer. Hey, maybe I'll bring that into my uh, messaging. There we go. Oh Reiki infuses everything I do, including writing. So that works. So tell me how, how this all kind of um, has helped you in whatever word you want to use on your healing journey or help feel more whole or whatever the words are, how did you find these and how they helped? Oh, wow. Okay. So I first, um, have to go a little dark because mm -hmm. 
the light doesn't exist without shadow. And in the middle of the 2010s, um, I was in a really, really dark mental space and my rheumatoid arthritis was not well controlled. Uh, mental health wasn't well controlled or chemical stuff in my brain wasn't well controlled. It was getting really hard to do the day-to-day -day things. I had two children. Um, my husband and I were relatively recent new homeowners and I was doing the things. I was going to the therapy. I was going to the specialist. I was taking the drugs that they wanted me to take. I was feeling pretty crummy. I was doing what I was supposed to do. I had a fairly good life, right? I can't complain, I would say. Only I could if I was being honest, but I just wasn't even letting myself um, say, you know, I'm doing everything you're saying that I should do and something is still not right. It's not working. I need to do something differently. Mm -hmm. And I was so in it, in the dark place, that it was hard to see what was working, what, what was good. Where is the joy? Like, where is the light? If there's shadow, there's also light. Where is it? Right? And so I don't you know, brains are weird and memories are tricky, but somewhere along the line, I started going to a massage therapist who also practiced Reiki and was incredible. And all of her services, you know, were an integrated approach, which I think that was my first real, like, um, deep dive into words for a while when I found Christina at Integrative Arts in West Reading, Pennsylvania, um, was, you know, what is an integrative approach? And like, will that work for me? Like, or do I just need somebody to pound on my muscles for a while? You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, so I signed up and this was a big and scary thing because like a massage was something that was for the elite and people who could afford luxury, which I could not. <laughs> um, and not only could I not really afford luxury, like that was selfish, right? These are the things that I was carrying. These were the stories that I was carrying. And, um, even trying to spin it as self-care was hard because I'm like, what What does that even mean? I have a good life. Like, why do I need self-care? And so hmm. I started going for an occasional integrative massage with Christina and she would do some deep tissue massage and she would do this Reiki thing and I would lose touch with all the bad for an hour. Like, not maybe not lose touch with it, but it didn't have the grip on me that it did the other hours of the day. And when she would do the Reiki parts, like the concentrated hands, over rather than into the muscles, I would get messages. I don't know how else to say it. Mm -hmm. I would see image and I would see trees and suddenly my lungs were opening up and I was breathing better. Mm. And one of my frequent shopping cards are pulmonologist and a roster of lung, <laughs> lung issues. So this, this was incredible. This was something to note. And this was something to pay attention to. And 
you know, it happens once and that's great, but is it repeatable? Like, can we do that again? Can we do more of that, please? And yeah, it was repeatable. Every time I went back, I felt a little better. And around the same time as I was introduced to this incredible healing body, um, Christina, as well as Reiki, I got the uh, courage, we'll call it courage, because it was very scary to think about beginning again with a different therapist. Um, I got the courage to reach out to someone who was known for art therapy in our area and expression, you know, expressive arts, as well as some body work and movement stuff, somatic experiencing, and bonus points. She had um, EMDR trauma uh, modalities, you know, and by this point, I was, if nothing else, I could admit that I was experiencing some trauma around what I considered at the time to be my body's betrayal. Mm -hmm. And in working with this therapist, I was able to transform the traumas that I was reliving and some that I wasn't even, and I'm using past tense, that it's present. We keep working together and we keep figuring things out and transforming things. And it's been amazing and she also took an integrating approach and integrated approach and she pulled all of these tools together to create an approach that was unique to me and my needs and one of the primary things that was so transformative was this invitation to my body to have a voice in the conversation hmm. like literally elizabeth what does your body have to say about that and sometimes there are no words <laughs> there are no words to that answer so we pull in the art and we pull in the movement and my body says i'm closed off and caved in and no wonder my lungs can't expand because i'm crushing them and they're so heavy with grief and slowly, you know, between the, the work with these two people, light comes back and I decided, well, I need to know Reiki like more. I, I did learn that there are bodies of work where there is no certification required to practice Reiki. And that was some of what we did with, in the therapist's office was um, the resource that I'm thinking about specifically is a book called new software for, I think it's new software for divine living um, by Brett Bevel. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it made it accessible right where I was without needing anything new to be able to practice. And that was important. Like, I think this was really the introduction of let me meet you, me, Elizabeth, meet you, Elizabeth, <laughs> right where you are, instead of trying to fix everything and know exactly what the outcome's going to be before we even get started. <laughs> mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Um, I want to I just acknowledge um, one of the listeners, their, her comment or their comment, oh, I should say. Yeah. OMG, my body's betrayal. I know that. Oh, I am sending you big love. Your story is power, Elizabeth. I didn't mean to interrupt you and what you were saying. I just wanted to acknowledge the listener. I, and I really, I'm glad you did that because I, it, it really does break my heart in the best possible way to know that we have that in common hmm. 
and I have incredible conversations through my work and just through my social being. I am very social and I love people and I need people and they seem to, to welcome my company over and over again. So I have some really amazing long-term friends that I've had since kindergarten and I have some really amazing long-term friends that I met online in COVID and you know I feel like we are all on some level dealing with relationship issues and one of the things that I have recognized is that creativity, that special, special sauce, that's a relationship. And we get to grow that relationship in whichever direction we have the courage to take it, right? Yeah. And one part of it is that deep listening to what parts what parts am I dismissing right now? I don't want to deal with the pain because I've got a lot on my to-do list and it's very loud. And our bodies show up in pain. Our bodies get loud because there is something that we are actively dismissing or betraying that needs our attention. Yes. I and want we don't have yeah. to do it alone. I just also need to add that we don't have to do it alone. Yeah. We need each other. It is a web. Nothing is disconnected. Yeah. Nothing exists in a silo. Community. Mm-hmm. I want to read um I'm just feeling called to read um the short little um paragraph from the book, Invisible No More, Stepping Into the Spotlight is um, the book, a multi-author book that I published that Elizabeth um, was kind enough to say yes to. And yeah, so I just want to read this little bit and then we're going to kind of move on to learn a little bit more about you and how you incorporate creativity into your life. But this is what was called to me to read. I am the human being on the other side of that report. I am the one who woke up at 5.33 this morning with a gentle nudge on the shoulder from a compassionate partner who tolerates the 5.30 a.m. alarm bellowing Macklemore's song, Glorious, at full volume from across the room because I am the one who needs some space between the sound and being awake enough to choose snooze or stop. (laughs) I so relate to that. Except it's not across the room. (laughs) I am the one who gets excited about the day. Once I'm aware enough to realize I can squeeze my hands into a fist. And it is, in fact, a glorious day to be alive. So much more in that. But that was the part when I read that. I was like, I just felt like it was so rich and so really painting a picture with the words of the scene and feeling the emotion. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit more about how you incorporate creativity into your own life. Uh, there's a lot of it in that, in that little, little passage that you just read. Um, and so much that without being redundant, I have kind of drifted in through the conversation so far. Um, I love Mm -hmm. to cook. I really do. I love to make a batch of cookies. I don't love to eat them as much as I used to. Um, But I still love to eat uh, to bake them and share them. Um, Mm -hmm. And I incorporate creativity in the ways that I take care of my body and my mind and my spirit and the ways that 
I am learning to question the stories that I have bought into on autopilot because that's just what you do. That's the way it's always been. And that's what you were told. <laughs> um, and there's no one size fits all to incorporating creativity. Something that air quote works today for one thing may not work a week from now and so I think that's part of my incorporation of creativity into my life is being able to be a beginner in every moment um, and drawing on that wisdom that I have tapped along the way I get to trust that what is right is allowing myself to bring my secret sauce to the recipe right here as I am today. And I do that with baking and I love using essential oils for support, whether it's something physical or emotional. I really, really love the emotional supports of the oils. This morning I had an intuitive nudge that spearmint was to go into the diffuser before this lovely conversation and i'm like okay what do i hope to evoke like what energy do i want to bring into the conversation clarity i want to bring in some balance and confidence and courage and i'm looking at these emotions in the guidebook that i have for emotional properties of essential oils and you know what was on every single list of the words that I looked up? Spearmint. <laughs> I'm like, okay, thank you for that affirmation. Let's go get the spearmint and put it in the diffuser. And then I've dropped a piece in a piece, a drop into my palm and I took a deep breath and said, let's do more of that because that felt good and breathing and breathing in what I knew I, I needed in that moment was right. And um, it infuses everything that I do, the intuitive and the learning to listen and the universal energy that connects all the things, whether it's the universal like external, all the things or the little bits and pieces that I'm carrying within this body. Mm -hmm. So I thank you for bringing up the, where you said being able to be, be, to be a beginner in every moment, because everybody you need to, you need to say, hear that a few times, I think, because it releases that whole concept of perfectionism. And it's okay to be a beginner. It's okay to not know how to do something or what's going to come, what's going to happen, how it's going to happen. We're all beginners and some things we're going to be stellar at and it's going to be like, yes, some things there's a big learning curve and some things we're going to suck at. And it's okay. We can suck at it and just say, put it to the side and be like, okay, don't want to do that again, but tried it. Or I suck at it and it's fun. My daughter and I are not the best singers, but when we're in the car and we are driving along and we just turn up the radio and we sing at the top of our lungs, it's fun. Mm. It is. It is. And, it, you know, when we give ourselves that permission to just do it because it feels good, we actually get better at the thing we're doing. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing how that works? There's, there's, not, there's not so much judgment. There's not so much of that evil voice in your head that's saying, well, but what if it's not as strong? Or maybe not even there, you know? Mm -hmm. 
How about morning routine? Do you have, do you have one or the existence of, of switching things up? Is that your morning routine or? <laughs> no, I actually do have a pretty, a, I will say one of the pieces of my whole, not just creative recovery process, but the physical and chronic stuff recovery process as well has been being able to develop that morning routine. Um, and it's so interesting, like talking about the connection of all the things, um, I had convinced myself that I was not one who could write every day. I was never much for a diary. Journaling didn't really work for me. I'm using air quotes. You can't see, but I'm (laughs) using air quotes around all of these stories, right? Because now I get up and I do the morning pages as prescribed by Dr. Julia Cameron in The Artist's Way Um, every day three long hand pages of whatever sweeps through my mind space and, you know, misspelling. And sometimes I'm like, whose handwriting is this anyway? And it doesn't matter whose handwriting that was because it's there on my page and it had things to say and that's okay. Um, Because that's the assignment, right? You get up, you write the pages, whatever shows up, that's it. Sometimes I get a golden nugget of something that I actually want to explore, but most of the time it's a bunch of crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a bunch of crap on the pages. And you know, Hollis, I was never one who could fill a notebook um, because I would set out with an intention of this is going to be for journaling. And then, of course, I fall off the wagon with the journaling, and there's mm. the quarter. Full, uh, probably at that time, I would think it's, you know, three quarters empty <laughs> um, <Yes>. journal <laughs> that will never see the light of day again, because I can't go back to that intention of whatever I was doing in it. And one thing that's been really fun to me is filling those journals that laid um in drawers and boxes and corners and doom bags or whatever we call them uh, with all the stuff that I didn't do. And I've been filling them with things that I do do now. I said do do. I'm also (laughs) three years old. (laughs) And embracing that inner clown and trickster energy has been pivotal big magic by elizabeth gilbert really did um i'm just gonna leap right into the cliche you know like whatever now it really did change my life and um just if right now i'm specifically thinking about the martyrdom versus trickster um kind of stories and ways that we can choose to navigate through the world right and Mm -hmm. since i've been living leaning into that trickster energy a little more dare i say everyone around me feels a little happier and more joyful um Mm -hmm. and that's that's a big deal when we're taught that you know being a good woman in this world a good mother a good girl a good student a good whatever whatever the good things are we are often told that we should put ourselves last and you know give every ounce to support everybody else first and um or at least that's the message i got as Mm -hmm. a girl growing up in south georgia and um It's taken some unlearning, but not only do the other people around me seem to be, and I have a daughter, and I have a son who I don't want to fall victim to toxic masculinity. And so the more I take care of myself, the better the example they're getting. I'm modeling to them how to take care of themselves and be supportive serving individuals Mm. for the greater good and um 
you know, hope and love and peace of mind are not selfish things to live into. <laughs> nope, they're kind of important. <laughs> kind of important. They're kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it interesting how we deem these things to be it's kind of going back to what caught my attention when you said you went for a massage that this was for people who had money this was you know uh, like elite and this isn't it's these stories that we tell ourselves that well i don't have money and am i deserving of this like i'm not within that class system but in the way that you shared the story, the way I'm perceiving it is that it, it was transformational. This was the first step to self-care where somebody was the whole integrative aspect and it led you on a domino effect to be like, this feels good. This is giving me some relief. This is introducing me and getting me more in touch with my body and then the Reiki and then the so on and so on. And the story that you told, it's just so interesting, the stories that we tell ourselves because it does determine everything. Yeah, so much so, Hollis, that what is the name of my chapter? Integration from Finding Light, Integration from Stage to Page. Mm -hmm. Like that's And that's my first real, like, piece that I've shared with the world as far as this is my story if you want to read it and it does something for you one way or another I hope it lets you think about your truth and what's important to you I'm so grateful that you shared it um that you shared your story in the space. I'm putting it in um, in the chat box for people to see. Uh, it's available on Kindle or paperback. Um, so, okay, we're getting to the top of the hour. So yeah. let's wrap it up with the final question, which is kind of like uh, putting a little bow on the box of things that we talked about. So Elizabeth, why do you think creativity is important? Because nobody has the secret sauce that you do. And we need it. Yeah. Nobody knows your body like you do. Nobody knows your mind like you do. Nobody knows your learning style. Nobody knows you. And that can be either fuel for despair or it can be fuel for hope and purpose. Hmm. The dark and the light. Mm-hmm. How can people connect with you, Elizabeth? I do private one-on-one um, -on -one creativity coaching, coaching for creative living. We, um, yeah, we usually start off with a creative project and then we end up exploring so much more. Um, and I host workshops and meetups and I have a lot of complimentary opportunities where you can come hang out with me and incredible people who have followed the beacon of light that I do project and we are at owl o-w-l hyphen create.com are you doing something with big magic right now I am not I just co-hosted an incredible book discussion group on Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear in August. So we just wrapped up last week. And it, was that last week or the week before? Either way, we wrapped up on the last day of August. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And time is slippery in my world. So it's, just, uh, you know, <laughs> at some point. And we are, um, the co-host and I are actually about to launch a program. Keep your eye out for that. Probably next week. Um, program opportunity to come and work with us inspired by big magic but it's a little bit of group coaching a lot of less let's work together and do some creative expression and practice and put things out instead of keeping them 
in our thoughts and bring that rumination into action sort of container. And um, it's going to involve a little bit of all of the things. So it will have an integrated approach. Um, Alyssa Escobar is an incredible circle facilitator and creative powerhouse. And she's my co-host for that. And we're really excited to bring that forth. There will be a limited capacity for that because it's new and we want to make sure that we're able to give everybody the attention that they deserve. Um, also, I am about to launch next week a Stubborn Gladness Challenge inspired by Miss Elizabeth Gilbert of Big Magic in Big Magic. Um, I was reading the book again last month and my I like exclaimed out loud stubborn gladness and my husband's like what is stubborn gladness and i'm like i don't even know the words but i was trying to move it through and i was trying to find it and so that really sent me on a rabbit hole and i'm like what is stubborn gladness elizabeth let's talk about that and so we talked about it in our journal and on an incredible road trip over to wisconsin to hang out with new lifelong friends that I've only ever known in, over Zoom. And um, I recognized that stubborn gladness is kind of like creative expression for the sake of it without out uh, at product, you know, like without productizing or monetizing or expectations. It's like, opening the journal and saying what do I feel like writing right now and then all of a sudden you're like I don't even feel like writing I feel like coloring with some crayons and so I'm offering people a space to just come hang out and see where gl stubborn gladness takes them for half an hour on zoom and mm -hmm. um, we'll see how that goes and what else yeah ongoing co-working calls that you can join us for I host uh, an hour-long social um, co-working call where you can bring your own creative projects and stay unmuted and on video and hang out with us and make things. And um, it's a fun time if that's your vibes. And of course, everything that I offer, do it if it feels right. Take what you need and leave the rest. Take what you want because you don't need any of it. I'm not, mm. I'm not here to try to convince you I've got anything you need. In fact, I'm here to convince you I don't have a clue, but we can figure it out together. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for being here and hanging out and sharing your wisdom and me getting to know you even more and um, just a beautiful human. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for shining your light so I could find it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. This is all a collaboration and your work is so important and um, just so honest and real. So thank you. Thank you. This is why everybody you need to connect. You need to connect with Elizabeth. So um, everybody, we so appreciate you. We know that you could be doing anything with your hour. And we're so grateful that you have chosen to spend it here with us. Uh, the space is all about inspiring each other, connecting and sharing stories. I believe we've always needed this, but I think we need it now more than ever. So we, in the comments, I shared Invisible No More, Stepping Into the Spotlight. You can find it on Amazon. You can read Elizabeth's story and 17 other stories and um, just true inspiration. So wherever you are in this world, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, and look forward to speaking with you again soon. Goodbye, everybody. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. <laughs> Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh, be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. 
here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out. Explore our experiential kits. They have everything in them that you need to try new things. You don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore. There's Creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness. Through the Publishing House, Express Yourself Publishing, multi-author books, coffee books, solo book opportunities. It is all about expression, all about it. And it's, again, just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. We are not made for boxes. (laughs) There is also my TV show, I Am Creative. Check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link. And you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it. See what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is IamCreativePhilly.com. So I am creative Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one.